In case you missed it, last week we made a big announcement on the future of Irishman Abroad. From August 1st, Irishman Abroad has moved to a new permanent home where you can access absolutely everything we have made in the past, the full archive, bonus content, bonus series, and all our new episodes in full for less than a fiver a month. That home is patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. To be honest, four months ago when everything changed, we all realised that things couldn't go on the way they were. And we here realised that this podcast couldn't go on unless we changed. The move to Patreon is a big change and a small change to ensure I can keep making this thing into the future and make it much, much bigger for you. And we will still, of course, be uploading a new episode each Sunday for you here or wherever it is you're listening to this. But to gain access to the full thing, and as I said, all the other episodes, more than 400 in the archive, the bonus series with Marion McKeown and more, you can sign up. There's no obligation. It's easy. It takes about two minutes, whether you use the Patreon app or their website. You're going to love it and you're going to love what I have planned over there over the next while. And there's more. For the next two weeks, I want to offer a new benefit to all of my patrons. A thank you to all my patrons, no matter how long you've been with me and the podcast. If you sign up for the next two weeks, though, the next two weeks of August, I'll send you my brand new stand up special Notions 11 recorded at Vicar Street with my favorite Irish director. It's easily the funniest thing I've ever done. I know you're going to love it. It's exclusive and it's brand new. And it's my way of saying thank you to you for taking the jump with us and helping to write the next chapter of Irishman Abroad over at patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Well, I am delighted to say that Siobhan McSweeney is our guest today. Siobhan is probably best known for her scene-stealing performance as Sister Michael on Derry Girls, but there's an awful lot more to her story as you're about to hear. She's a writer, an activist, and who knew? She is in fact a scientist. She also joined me on the last Irishman Abroad Comedy Club, our live-streamed monthly TV show, which is also exclusive to patrons, <laughs> the next one of which will take place on August 28th. That's another reason to join us. But our chosen charity partner across the Irishman Abroad podcast network is, as always, Jigsaw.ie. Jigsaw are a youth mental health charity back in Ireland that is doing immense work to help young people back home across all communities equip themselves with the mental health skills they're going to need to survive this pandemic and life in general. They've seen a 400% jump in demand for their services since lockdown began. Young people need Jigsaw and someone in your life might need them too. Go to jigsaw.ie, take a second, have a look. Maybe they can help you or someone in your life or maybe through a small donation, you can help them. That's the small talk. Now let's get down to business. Now, your programme. What's the big idea? Well, they're going to know the Irish much better. We've now got to know how largely their mind works. 
I moved over here and immediately I had to up my game. I could not have done the job I, I did for quite a number of years in Ireland. I had to go and earn my living in England. I think a lot of it's in my hair. I think there's a lot of Ireland in here. I had an Irish upbringing. 20 years after an Irishman couldn't get a fucking job, we had the presidency. It was some heightened awareness of how hard my tribe had had it in London. No blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Never has a nation so small inspired so much in another. So you could say there's always been a little green behind the red, white, and blue. Our family is very Irish, you know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special announcement to make at this stage. Would you welcome, please, the wonderful Charlie Thrigo! Siobhan McSweeney, it's brilliant to have you on Irish Man Abroad, if uh, even in these unusual circumstances. In some ways, lockdown and the remote nature of Irish Man Abroad during this period has kind of lent itself well to long conversations on the phone that we've all gotten way more into doing. Looking out the window, kind of reflecting on things. Have you found yourself during all of this halt, being better able to make sense of the madness of the last two years of your life? Ah, yes. This halt, what a good way of putting it, actually. This halt has given me time to think about the madness of life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. First of all, I think we're at a point now that we're beginning to reopen now again, we're beginning to move a little bit more. So trying to cling on to those uh, great ideas and great revelations you had, staring out the window, as you said, uh, pawing, pawing at the window, dying to get out, <laughs> is, is, is the main challenge and not to run back headfirst into old life. Because I think a lot of good came from a deeply horrendous time. And I'm talking about it in the past because... For me, the last three months, I'm shielding at the moment and I entered lockdown in a very panicked and anxious-filled state Mm. uh, for various reasons. Then being told that my life was in danger and having to register as being extremely vulnerable placed me in a state of panic that didn't Mm. really sort of abate until quite recently. So I do talk about that time as if it's over, even though I know that it does truly continue and there's still a low-level panic within us all and a low-level wariness, absolutely. But I'm already beginning to look back at that time for me because it's so different to how I feel now and trying to, I suppose, look for the lotus in the mud and trying to hold on to, to those things. And a lot of it, you're absolutely right, was making sense of the last couple of years. And the last couple of years for me is not only the very obvious and incredibly wonderful and gratifying success of Dairy Girls, but there's been a lot of personal stuff that has happened mm-hmm. to me as well that I've needed to, needed to spend time to come to terms with. So, yay, great that there was a global pandemic so that I could have a sit down and I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's well Uh, worth it, lads. (laughs) You said a mouthful, uh, Sean, because we have the time here to to talk about it. I know better than most that panic of the first few weeks of this, having a a vulnerable wife and actually looking at her asleep in the bed and in the first few days, like, kind of internalizing this thought that like uh, my 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 wife's going to die like yes. that was in in my and like I, I couldn't say that out loud 
and I was, you know, just you're kind of going, right, well, you're going to need to get tough or you're going to need to come to terms with that this is going to happen. And I know that now that she's way tougher than that and there's actually no getting rid of her at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I've tried everything. (laughs) You're going, oh, my wife is going to die. Were you holding a pillow at the time, darling? Were you edging towards her? (laughs) Yeah. uh, But like, you know, she, I guess, started in a much more vulnerable category uh, at the beginning of it when less was known and has kind of come out the other side and proven herself to be uh, time and time again throughout our lives together much much tougher than anybody ever thought yeah, um, yeah. but that doesn't change that awful window of time no. what was that like for you when you realized oh i'm in this category and the shit's about to hit the fan well I, it, it was horrendous and there i i believe real it, it was a real moment for me i remember there was a very um i had a lot of practical things that were very difficult in that my flat burnt down last november so i was still technically homeless when lockdown happened so i was living in a friend's spare room in a flat that he was going to move out on move out out of in a couple of weeks potentially going to my landlord and housing association and them saying we may have to house you in a Holiday Inn for three months during this pandemic. Jesus, could you um, think of anything worse? No, I, I, I could. Well, I could. And yeah. the other thing that I thought worse was as real to me as a Holiday Inn uh, at a roundabout with my bag full, with a bin bag full of belongings. And I know that was the reality for so many people. Mm. And thankfully, it wasn't the reality for me because a lot of things happened. I, a lot of things happened that ensured that I got in here just in the nick of time. Well, actually, two days after lockdown happened because people worked very hard to ensure that happened. But I was lucky and I could have so easily have slipped through the cracks. And if I was somebody else, I would have slipped through the cracks. So I started all this and I was so uh, my brother is my only immediate relative left alive. So the last couple of years that myself and my brother have had, meant that when all this kicked off, we immediately went to what was going to happen, which was that I was going to die because I was homeless. I couldn't move from the place because the virus was out there, mm. but I couldn't stay in the place that I was in because that I, I couldn't, like, I was really in this impossible situation. Jeez. So I was having conversations with my brother that I look back on at the time that were, you know, funny. And thank God they're funny now because it shows that we're in a very different place. Mm. But I really, truly believe that myself and my brother, we were sort of thinking, how do we repatriate Siobhan? Maybe we should sell the house so that we can, you know, do these. Like we went to the most extreme, ridiculous, mad zombie apocalypse version completely so that's funny it's really really funny and i love that we went there but also we were there at that moment we were truly there i remember i was in i was in my friend stephen's kitchen and he was like okay well give me a call in an hour if you can and i was like yeah yeah and because we've lost our father and our aunt and the fire and before that you know um 
15 years ago we lost our mother, we knew that when something bad happened, the worst thing happened. Like mm. that was, that's how the world had had taught us. So that's, that's where we immediately went to. And I think that goes to the legacy of grief and the legacy of trauma in a way. And I think myself and my brother had that from our own personal experiences. And now as a world and as a society, we're all going to have that because of the experiences that have happened right now. I mean, you, know? you went through and you've mentioned these losses and, you know, in preparation for this, I've read about those and how, uh, you know, how much they rock your world is the is the cliche, but they yeah. do, they, they, sh they sh take it up and they shake it. Totally. Uh, and it doesn't just shift on its axis. It spins a completely different direction. And that's right. Nothing looks the same and nothing feels the same. And you get moments of. Uh, not remembering and then you feel bad oh, for, oh yes for not remembering to feel sad that's it and how do you how can you ever experience joy again how can you experience guilt-free joy again when you've seen what's what's under the rock when you've seen what's behind the curtain you know like when you when you looked at your wife at the start of this and thought oh my god she's so vulnerable like i, I always think of a, somebody once explained to me the the plot line of the human centipede and my world got darker. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, a little bit of my innocence got taken away. <laughs> there are people in the it. world that think this way. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I didn't exactly. know there was such there was such a thing in the world. Such, such awful. I was like, what? what? And it got made. Um, <laughs> yeah. but and it's, it's popular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. And even just being told the plot line was enough for me. And I sort of, <laughs> I love that I'm equating losing my parent to the plot line that the human said to me. <laughs> but that like once you, once you experience awfulness and grief and loss and danger, the actual danger of living, <laughs> mm. you can't really go back. You can't yeah, really go and back. And it is similar to the human centipede in that <laughs> it, it, it can't be unseen. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you think then when global pandemic arrives, <laughs> I'm just on a really bad run here uh, or, or that this is that like, am I like, uh, uh, I'm reluctant to say it, but like there's sometimes uh, when bad luck hits you a few times, you think, what have I done here? Like, what, Why what, me? Yeah, what, what, what's this about? Is this, you yeah. know, uh, I always think of Tignataro and you yeah. know, her saying that the Lord only gives you what, what he thinks you're able for. <laughs> yeah. All you can think is he must think I'm super strong here because this is just too much stuff. Yeah, Do, she, you know, she did a lot to put up with. Yeah. When when this happens, well, this let me ask it in a <laughs> less of a kind of a roundabouty way. The, like when this happens, as it plays out and you realize, oh, it's not as bad as I originally thought. It's still bad and I'm still going to have to change my life in a massive way. And my my livelihood is in big threat because obviously mm -hmm. you need to be near people to do what you do best. Mm -hmm. Does it at, at all lift? Like, do you get a weird exhilaration out of? Oh, we've survived this. We've survived all of this. And if I can do that, I can do anything. I guess that's that's really interesting. I think 
I think that's that's the essence of a lot of things, which I think is adaptation. And I don't mean to come across as like a Pollyanna because I am not. I'm really pessimistic. (laughs) But I do think there are little gifts in horror, in, in dreadful things. And the purpose is to discover what they are. I'm really not being deluded about it or anything, but all these things that have happened are truly, I would, I mean, I really would have preferred not to. Mm. I really would have preferred not to have gone through and for my brother to have not gone through what he's had to go through. But we're, I don't know, um, how do I put it? One of the reasons I became an actor was to live as many lives as I could to experience as many things beyond Siobhan McSweeney growing up in Arhala could experience. I wanted to be a Russian orchard owner. Do you know? I wanted to be Superman. Mm. So the awful things that have happened, what they do is that you can now go, I survived a fire. I lost every single one of my belongings and I started again. Mm. That's awful. And it allows you to stay in bed when you're feeling a bit lazy but it also allows you to look around and go, see those two pairs of shoes, Beyonce, I bought them. You know, like there's <laughs> there's there's little ways of reframing thingies. There's all the cliches about you realise what's important. Like, mm. I, I, gosh, I, I can talk for Ireland, can't I? But I was thinking before the global pandemic happened personally to me and nobody else, and just after the fire, I got really ill physically ill like I put on a load of weight I got quite swollen I got very lethargic nothing nothing that I could put my finger on and nothing that I even went to the doctor with Mm. but I was deeply unhealthy and around Christmas time I was walking and my joints were sore and I was sort of breathing heavily and I went what's going on and I took myself away for Christmas to Thailand on a sort of like a beach you know eat fresh food, get some sunlight, go for walks kind of vibe. Yeah. Only for like three weeks or whatever. But for me, the, the most decadent thing I've ever done in my entire life and something I would never, ever, ever have contemplated doing. And I came back a different person because I came back and I realised that I had neglected, in the trauma of my mind, I neglected my physical being. Mm. And unless I had gotten to a point where it had reached crisis point, I wouldn't have looked after it. I would have kept going in that pure <laughs> Irish way. The Irish mammy way. I'll just keep going, keep going the way my man kept going, kept going. Oh, this hurts, but it's fine. I'll keep going. Oh, I feel a bit tired. I'll keep going. It. I needed a crisis to force me to see what was happening mm-hmm. and for me to look after my body. And I mean, like I'm sitting here surrounded by hula hoop wrappers and, and uh, chalk ices. I'm not talking about like a, a shift. I'm talking about an actual connection to my body again. Sure. Because I'd gone into this shell of this mind I was just living in my mind where I was continuously hyper aware hyper vigilant looking for the next tragedy or accident that was going to happen all the time and not really caring about the rest of me because I had to make sure I kept alive and I did a really good job but then I just needed to look after my little toes what uh, like that's you know what you're describing there isn't unusual in that there'll be people that identify it listening 
And I think most of us, whether we've experienced that level of anxiety and trauma, will know what it feels like to think actually looking after my body and focusing on what I'm eating and exercising feels quite selfish and that you associate a kind of self-love with a kind of selfishness selfishness yeah and and that's how you wind up at that point where it's like oh fuck me i'm i'm the i i i I matter as well what triggered you into booking the thailand trip was it a visit to a doctor was it the intervention of friends what was it well interestingly i mean because i have the best friends in the world truly the best friends in the world after everything that's happened they've just really stepped up and really they, they still continue to mind me so so incredibly well considering how dreadful I am to them <laughs> I don't know if they're very kind or very stupid but they didn't it was only until I sort of said look I need to go on holiday they went oh really do you think so oh that's a new idea we hadn't thought of that at all oh but now you're thinking about it have you thought maybe and then all of a sudden they had all these ideas and they were like this is a brilliant idea and I was like, all right okay I think they knew that if they had suggested it to me I would have gone no are you calling me weak are you calling are, are me you that person though because like I feel that way with my own yeah, son that I need to give him a, dr- a trail of breadcrumbs yeah. for him to get to the idea on his own otherwise yeah. it's another shite daddy idea yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think I am. I don't, I like, I'm so grateful for when, <laughs> I remember, uh, I'm meeting <laughs> um, her later today, that's why I'm thinking of this story. She, um, I, I said to her last year, I went, Jess, um, I, uh, I was talking to my therapist and, uh, God, she, Jess, I think I have anxiety. And she just went, oh, for fuck's sake. I thought you were going to say something we didn't know. And I went, what? This is huge for me. She was like, oh, please. I've known you since you were 17. <laughs> yes, of course. And I'm like, oh, 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 right. Okay. And I loved that. I loved that validation, that sort of confirmation from people who know me and love me. Mm. So, like, I wish, that, you know, I, I, I like when they sort of go, yes, it's a really good idea that you well, take some time out. Well, Jess has given kind of a masterclass in how we should react when our friends and loved ones come to us with something like that. Like, in fact, I have someone close to me who I felt had undiagnosed anxiety from a really young age, like really young, like pains in the stomach and uh, all the way along. And I just started to act like you know, we we all have a degree of this, that it's a spectrum of anxiety yeah. coming from where we came from and the time we did, the place we did, like where you say we bury it. Oh, we, do, we don't yeah. talk it out. Bury that feeling. <laughs> if yeah. that's a thing for you, well, that's your thing to think about when the lights go off. Indeed, uh, yeah. And to me, that was my way of doing what Jess did, which was to go, yeah, look, we're all in it. You know, you're not on your own here. Yeah. Uh, when you kind of got to that place that you, that Jess is like, yeah, yeah, duh, of course, of course you do. The sh- weight that comes off your shoulders must have been immense. Like that must have been so key in getting you back up and running, right? Yes, it, it, it 
which was it it, it it was but more importantly for me is that I got suddenly very curious because I went oh I didn't know that about myself and I you know thought that I am somewhat considered and you know working in the industry I work and not even the industry in the art that I work in there is a natural interest I have in human psychology and in group processes and in behavior and I was going Mm -hmm. I did not know that about myself so you become it's another form of neglect that I identified do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean Mm-hmm. Like there's this, you, you put it so well by saying like self-love is seen as selfishness or, you know, you don't want to be associated with that. But actually, I concentrate very much on my mind, mm. <laughs> the little hamster inside there. And you have to think holistically, don't you? And the fact that there was something that was so obvious to the people who loved me, was, which was not obvious to me and came as a shock to me meant that there was a lack of connection between, like I I was compartmentalizing. I mean, these things are also, I make, because, you know, I suppose I'm isolating them. They sound a bit bigger than they are and and all that. It's all, it's all quite, but I did find it, I do find it fiercely interesting when you suddenly go, oh, maybe that's why I get a pain in my stomach. It's like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, and maybe that's why, you know, and like, you know, I mean, and, in my early 40s and you go crikey what what else is there to know and that's Mm. interesting that's the challenge and that's the sort of like oh okay my house and belongings have burnt down okay what do you do then (laughs) you know there's curiosity that you that keeps you going i think more than anything else curiosity Mm. is a good way good engine i think rather than just just gotta keep surviving just gotta keep surviving (laughs) which leads to bad news So there you have it, Siobhan McSweeney, the first episode in our new beginning for Irishman Abroad. As you can see, there's tons of episodes for you to come across and enjoy in full ad free over at patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. I hope this little taster has whetted your appetite enough and that my description off the top has convinced you that now's the time to jump across and help Irishman abroad survive and thrive through these difficult times. I want to say a massive shout out to everyone who's been in touch the past week and those that have seen the special who've got in touch. I mean, it's a it's a big change and a little change. As I said, it'll only take you a couple of minutes to sign up, but I promise you, you will not regret it. The plans and everything we have in store for you over there in the coming months. But if you want to stay here and enjoy what we put up every Sunday, that is up to you. There is no obligation to do this. I just think you're going to enjoy it and it will help us immensely. Massive shout again to our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie. Please, please check them out because I guarantee you there's someone in your life that could do with some help from Jigsaw. They have a phone line. They do webinars. They do an awful lot more stuff there and provide content and research and uh, worksheets and help for young people who need help in equipping themselves with the mental health skills they'll need to survive this thing. Brian Connolly has done unbelievable work making this thing happen this week, moving us across, getting everything, all the ducks in a row. So I want to give a massive shout to Brian, also to Tina and Mikey, who have coped with my stress during this. (laughs) 
mean, it's been stressful. But I tell you, we're through. We're there now. And as I said, the two week offer that I'm offering you to say thanks for making this jump is the Notions 11 special that I filmed in Vicker Street on March 6th, the night before everything locked down. Uh, one of my favourite bits of the thing is within 10 seconds of being on stage, the audience takes the piss out of me. <laughs> they get the first joke in. If ever there's an Irish thing, it was this moment that you'll want to see and enjoy as part of it. So as I say, Keys to the City, Keys to the Archive is available to you there for the price of a, a fancy coffee every month. Massive thanks to John Marr for his extra research. Our researcher, John Marr, a shout out to everyone who who has just made Irishman abroad what it is today and massive thanks to you for rating commenting and subscribing and for coming over to patreon I can tell you're about to do it and I will see you during the week for another a bonus episode of Irishman in America so usually that goes out on a Friday for all the patrons with Marion McKeown but this week we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to throw in an extra episode with an attorney named Lorcan Shannon. Now, Lorcan is the go to guy when it comes to visas and emigrations for Irish people coming into America. This guy knows his stuff. So as people get tense towards their green cards or their visas, Lorcan's offered to answer your questions. So there is another bonus episode of Irishman Abroad available for the patrons that maybe you'll want to sign up to hear. You can submit your question to me for Lorcan. He will answer it free of charge. Irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Send me your question. Pop over and sign up and you can hear Lorcan answer it. Uh, a lot of people very concerned, both resident and coming in. So this will be one you don't want to miss. Until then, thank you so much, everybody. And welcome to the new era of an Irishman abroad.